All right, all right. We can finally start now. I just, I was going to start earlier, but I mean, there's not a part of that song that I don't love all the way through. I'm like, no, can't talk over that. Nope, can't talk over that. I know I'm given to hyperbole, Sean, but hmm. I genuinely believe, shut up. I know that I'm given to hyperbole. I'm admitting it openly, all right? The first step to getting better, which I don't want to get better. I love hyperbole, uh, <laughs> is, is, I think that is the greatest television theme song of all time. The Ventures with their take on Hawaii Five-0, uh, the intro to the classic procedural cop drama based in Hawaii with Jack Lord. You know what's almost as good? Bookum Dano. You know what's almost as good? I don't know. A horse is a horse, of course, of no. course. And no. If you had said the facts horse, of life, of you know, like, I mean, like, there's a place you want to go to learn the things you want to know about the facts, facts of, of life. life. The facts of life. What is that crazy Tootie going to get into this week? She's on roller skates again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Tootie. I personally love Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman. Also great, oh, though. That was yeah. awesome. Brilliant. I mean, that, Wonder Woman. So there are a lot of them in the conversation, but man, when it comes to the ventures, I just, my brain turns off and I'm like, yep, you've done it. You've, yep. by God, they've cracked the code. It's the Brian Oak Show. Somehow we have survived long enough to do 172 episodes of this particular podcast, and here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios in beautiful, scenic, and ever-warming South Minneapolis here near 48th and Chicago. By Sunday, dinosaur weather. Shut your damn mouth. Again. Did you see that Sven Sungard put up some long-term models and said that within two weeks, there's a heat bubble building over the Midwest right now? It would not be... Now, it's not guaranteed, and long-term models are never that reliable, but it's Tell not... Tell me about it. I dated some in high school. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, so the... Uh, no, you didn't. Christy at least gave me the remembers. courtesy Sean. laugh. Yeah, no. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's possible that we could see daytime highs. I don't know where the dew point will be. In the mid-hundos uh, within That's two weeks' time. Well, it was uh, 130 in Death Valley... Only a few days ago, and that's the hottest they have ever recorded it. It's fine. fine. Everything's, Everything's fine, okay. though, right? Nothing yeah. to see here. Well, I wasn't going to introduce you for a while, but just so people know who's talking, Christy Costello, how Hello. are you? I haven't seen your face in a long time. It's I actually know. really great to see you. You too. It's weird that the world is opening back up and we all get to do things again. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, even when we had people in the studio during the entire pandemic sitting in here with masks on, I'm like, yeah. I think I know those eyes. We can breathe again together. <sighs> Mmm, droplets. A studio full of droplets. Now, before we move on to talking, uh, I do have to mention Smart Start MN. They are the primary sponsor of this show. 172 damn episodes ago before we recorded the first one, which I went back a little while ago and listened to some of those early ones. Uncle Drinksy? Oh, no. Oh, yes. I was still drinking at the time. (laughs) Oh, that goes up to like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70. No, no, some of those were real (laughs) drinksy, especially when my good friend Billy Morissette was in here. Oh, boy. Oh, no. There was one time we were both in tears because not because we're like, well, okay, I'm a sad (laughs) alcoholic, but because we were both saying things that really meant something to us and we were emotional. It was like listening to those drunk guys down at the end of the bar like, (laughs) no, man, but you don't understand. That's why you're so great, man. Anyway, no, but the very earliest episodes before the drinks he came in. Yeah. not as good. It's gotten better. The show has. <laughs> it might be hard to imagine. Well, it look might, at that. It might be hard to imagine Progress. listening to what it sounds like now. But the podcast has actually gotten better, and Smart Start has been with us every step of the way. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They're the ones who worked with the state legislature to build the program. A lot of carpetbaggers, a lot of also rans have come in to sort of steal their thunder, bite their rhymes, if you will. F that. All right. Smart Start MN are the people who will get you back into your car if you've had a DUI or DWI, you or someone you know or love, they'll get you back in sooner than you otherwise might be back in, and you're going to need to drive again. Yeah, and the future is here. You can blow into this magical tube if you don't have any alcohol in your breath or very hardly any, Right, and then your car will run. And you can go places. But if you decide, you know what? I drank last time and everything worked. Oh, no, it went to shit. But I'm sure it'll be fine this time. And you blow in and you're too drunk. It won't let your car start. I mean, so it's pretty foolproof, right? And the state illegally has to allow you to drive again. But you need the help of people who know exactly what they're doing. Call them. They're educated. You're not getting canned answers. These are the people who built the program, and they can help you out. How do people find out more? Smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oaks show. That'll give you 20% off. The installation of the magical tube. 
with <laughs> glowing lights and number. It's like <laughs> Buck Rogers <laughs> in the 25th century, but here we are. It's only 2021. So today's guest, who we're going to talk to in a moment, but you could ask, is she a musician? Is she a DJ? Is she an influencer? Is she a dynamic force for good in this city that we love so very much, which really is what this podcast has come to be about, this area we live in, the culture that we live in, this community that's built around the Twin Cities and surrounding areas. We all want it to thrive. We all want it to be good, and it always has been, but it takes the constant work of people who actually give a fuck. And the answer to all those questions is yes. I would say that Christy Costello gives all the fucks, and we're going to talk to her in just a minute here about those many things that she cares about, and we're going to learn a lot more about her. But before we do that, I want to wish a very happy birthday to one of my all-time favorite American voices. Once again... I'm right here. No. Right. I, right well, here. I, I know it was your birthday very recently. Happy same 50th, day as by Lin- the way. Aww. Same happy day birthday. as... Thank you. Same day as Linda Ronstead. We're 25 years apart. Holy crap. So the same day that she cracked three quarters of a century, you cracked a half century. I did crack it. Yeah. Dusty. Yeah. So dusty. It is dusty. Well, we'll talk about Dusty's in just a little bit, actually. Oh, yeah. See how he did that? Yeah. Man, Man that well is done. broadcasting. Right yeah. There. Oh, segues are everything, aren't they? <laughs> Let's go ahead and throw that one in the I garbage. I haven't written one yet. <laughs> oh, see what she did there. Boom! Look hey, at that. Oh! I got it. I got it. Um, Linda Ronstadt. And and again, I I hate to overstate things. Just kidding. I love to overstate things. But in my humble opinion, for this one man, one of the greatest American singing voices of all time. Now, I know that she primarily cut her craft and forged her name by doing covers. There's nothing wrong with that. I hate to break it to you. So did Aretha Franklin, right? Yeah. I mean, and so sure, someone like Dolly Parton wrote most of her own songs or has a writing credit on them. But in my humble opinion, when it comes to proper, amazing, American, female, popular music voices, I would put Linda Ronstadt in the same conversation that I would put Karen Carpenter in, mm-hmm. uh, Dolly Parton in, Aretha Franklin in, right? I mean, I think it's easy to overlook Linda Ronstadt's legacy and the importance. In an early 1970s, California, there wasn't a bigger singer. There wasn't a more popular singer. And when you go back and listen to the way that she worked her phrasing, worked her words, and worked her way around a song, even if it wasn't her own, I, to this day, am absolutely humbled. So I just want to say happy 75th birthday to one of my all-time favorite singers, Linda Ronstadt.
posted that uh, day before yesterday or whenever it was on her birthday, the 75th birthday of one Linda Ronstadt, who I absolutely adore. And I kept waiting for it. I kept waiting for it because there's a lot of people out there who like to do the, have you ever heard Warren Zevon's original? I'm like, yeah, we all know it's a fucking cover. Knock it off. Nobody likes that sort of chuggy attitude. Stop it. You used chuggy twice in a sentence today. Thank you. Do you I don't know, know to, if do you, I know what chuggy. Do you know how to spell it? Chuggy. I, I would love to know. There's nothing. C H E U G Y. So it was a previous guest, the inimitable uh, Colleen Cruz, was <gasps> a guest right. on this show, and she said because she broke her knee, Hot Girl Summer was fucking over. Which I'm like, well, mine never really got off the ground, so I understand it. Same sister. The other thing she did is she told me with all the time she's been spending online is the word chuggy, which I'm like, so, and then I looked it up and I fell in love with it. And my use of the word chuggy is chuggy. So I'm sort of, I'm sort of meta chuggy. I'm going to let everyone else look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You can go ahead and look it up. Before we dive in deep with Christy Costello, we also need to mention our newest sponsor. That would be Forgotten Star Brewery in Fridley. Now, Fridley, for those of you who have never ventured north, may sound like it's an impossibly long ways away. Took me 15 minutes to get there from my home when I went to visit them. Yeah, not far at all. You can actually see downtown Minneapolis mm-hmm. from their gigantic windows, and it's right along the railroad tracks, which I love just because my family has history working on the railroad all the live long day. Wow. Dinah, won't you blow? Dinah, won't you blow? I'm playing there in September. You are. Forgotten yeah. Star? Yeah. For real. I've heard this lots is of really great cool news. things about the space. Well, yes. so they've got this huge outdoor area, That's which is exactly fantastic. Where we're play. But they also have this brilliant, big, beautiful, multi-storied indoor area. They're an old manufacturing facility that used to make World War II products, right? When everything got retooled in World War II, that's what they did. And the space was almost going to get demolished. What's cool about that space, if you haven't been out there, it's one of these giant square industrial buildings. But there are two stacks rising off the top of it that tower into the sky that I, you you can see it from miles around, oh, literally. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible there. Yeah, and you can bring your dog if you want to. Inside yeah. and outside. Yeah, exactly right. So, I think that there should be breed restrictions, though, because like if somebody brought like six Mastiffs. How dare you? Yeah, my dog is big. Yeah, well, I mean, but like, so do, so do you agree with Sean there should be restrictions? I depends. I think maybe, I don't know, is, can we get licenses for dogs? What yeah. about... You what about, have to t- pass, pass a certain test that I think makes so. them able to go and socialize just i'm uh, not even a dog person where there's alcohol being served oh well there is that what if you just brought a small saddle and let children ride it around all day now you're talking okay (laughs) anyway they don't do any of that there they do have a selection of brews they're really good people the service is second to none and they're really i mean they are linked into their community in a way that sean and i kind of wish we were with our community we do our best but i mean we we want to be part of this community. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? Is talking to the people that are part of this community. Forgotten Star feels exactly the same way. So check them out. If you're looking to head out, you're like, you know, we've gone to all the other craft breweries. Let's try a new place. Check out Forgotten Star. Yeah, they do a great job. They're great guys. They have food trucks uh, almost every day over yep. there. And you can even bring your own snacks if you want to, which I think is lovely. And Christy Costello, who we've already talked to a little bit, you're playing there later on this year? Yeah, um, I'm playing there with Monica LaPlante. I play bass mm-hmm. for her. And uh, we're playing there September 17th. That's fantastic. So when did you first... Well, I have so many things I want to ask. I'm trying to figure... Let's do this. Every time someone is their first time on the show, I like to learn a little bit more about them for the people who may not know Christy Costello. Hard, though that may be to believe, some people, you may not be a household name in every household yet. So let's do a little informative stuff. Where are you from? Um, Born. Yeah. Duluth. Okay. Duluth, Minnesota. Yes. All right. Very good. Raised up north. On the Iron Range. Okay. Uh, moved here to Minneapolis in 1993. Okay. Very good. And how old were you when you dipped out of the 17. Northwoods? All right. It was and time I to go. Don't look back. Yeah. No, I, well, so I, 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 I'd love to say I was in the Northwoods, but it was Coon Rapids, but I did the same thing. Once I turned my back, I never looked back. It was time to go. Um, I still have family up there. It's pretty. I just, yeah, I needed to be a city girl. Well, you're clearly a city girl in so yeah. many regards, and the city is better for having you here. So before we leave that entirely in the background, though, <clears throat> you grew up on the Iron Range. It was time to go. At some point, though, you know, whether you're a weird alternate kid or you're in theater or whatever you do, music becomes a part of your life at some point, yeah. right? You find something that's important. Do you remember 
when that trigger happened? I mean, was it Styx Equinox? What Was it a particular <laughs> album? Was it a particular show? What happened that you're like, music is my shit? Okay, my dad played guitar, my uncles played guitar, my aunt played piano. Okay. So I grew up very musical. Right. And they played a lot of country, folk, um, kind of, that's just, a, I feel like that's the ultimata for, you know, the the Iron Range or any yeah. country place. You kind of just grow up on country. Right. Which is great. Um, and I learned how to play and sing around a campfire. Uh, but I had this punk rock nerve in me. Yeah. And rock and roll nerve. And I started taking guitar lessons. Um, how old were you? 15. Okay. When I And I had a, a, an Epiphone, you know, mm. metal looking guitar. Yeah. And Do you I, remember the first song that you learned that you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to yeah, rock? Yeah, it, it, it kind of blew my guitar teacher away a little bit because I came in and I was like, I want to learn Free Will by Rush. Wow. You know, like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. The only young girl who liked Rush in northern Minnesota? Maybe not. No, no, not entirely. I'm obviously exaggerating there. But I'm again, you go to a Rush concert. There's pl- it's plenty of dudes. <laughs> yeah, plenty yeah, yeah. of dudes. Well, and all my my boyfriend at the time, and all my friends were into like into music. And, right. Um. I mean, we were into a lot of stuff from Minneapolis mm-hmm. too. And but for rock and roll, it was just kind of like this is you know this is like this is real playing. And if I can play this, I can play anything. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's a heavy song. Did you get it down? Uh, I got it down pretty good, but I don't play it at all now. It's not. It's not at all where I'm at. Mm. <laughs> I we'll would see. change many times from that person. <laughs> I understand. Well, we all go through a lot of changes. So when you decide that you need somewhere bigger, you need somewhere that feels more like how you feel inside. It's. I mean, I know Minneapolis is the closest when you're up there, but it's not automatic. Had you made visits to Minneapolis? Had you made friends from Minneapolis? What was your connection? Yep. And when you finally jumped ship? Um, I used to come down here and stay with some of my friends that my parents trusted that were older than me, mm. starting when I was 14. And I went to the very at, first Lollapalooza on Harriet uh, Island in 91. I was there. I was, was too, actually. Fun. I took a nap during Nine Inch Nails. It's one of the great shames of my life. Oh, no. I'd watch Butthole Surfers. I watched Body Count. And Susie we, we, Sue. It was a hot day. And <laughs> nice. then I was like, I'm tired. Who the hell are Nine Inch Nails? I don't care. And we went over by some trees over there and took a nap. I still hate myself. So you came down. You saw these shows. You moved down here at 17. And then what happens? What do you do next? I ended up... In my first place I landed on was uh, Rich Matson's couch. Hi, Rich. Um, Rich being um, a longtime Minneapolis you know, guru well, of music, had a flower pot studio in his basement. Yep. But I mean, to me, Rich is one of you know North Star Studios. I mean, one of the most... Without being noisy or bright or showy about it, to me, one of the most influential figures in Minnesota music in the last 30 plus years, because he's worked with so many people. And what a great initial connection. I mean, that was your first landing spot? Yeah, on his couch for a Mm. couple of weeks. He talked to my mom on the phone. Right. She told him, I'm not jailbait. (laughs) She's going to be all right here. I went and finished my high school year at MCTC. Right on. I had the very, very, I think it was the maybe one of the first years of the post-secondary option. So mm-hmm. if you had good enough grades, you could transfer out of your high school to a college and finish. My daughter did the same thing in senior year and was downtown more than she was at her high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I barely graduated at that point. Okay, but, but you like, did, Woo! didn't you? Yeah, I did. You yeah, got it, was, it was great. Oh, no, but once, you, I mean, once you get a taste of living in the city and, and what your life could be, whether it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, yeah. or just anything like being in a vibrant place compared to where you've been, it's pretty hard to focus on school. It was a hard transition. I, yeah. I, I should, I, but I did finish, um, and I didn't go back for a few years after that. I kind of I got into bands pretty quick. Um, but from Richie's, I ended up in another band house where I actually got a room, so I wasn't sleeping on a couch anymore. <laughs> and that house was full of bands that were touring. One of them was Hammerhead. One of them, um, one of them, I actually had a joint room with Kristen Pfaff, who played in Hole. Yeah. And was mm. on Live Through This, and that came out while I lived there. So wow. Pretty, for real. Yes. Yeah, pretty exciting. You know, the people I would see. As this 17-year-old girl living in Minneapolis, yeah. and mm-hmm. be like, Paige from Helmet be walking, and I'd be making Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, like, hi, nice to meet you. Wow. Yeah, Blow it away. You know, like, I'm not going to, so nervous. Go Try not to geek out. the door. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you had, like, rock stars walking through, I mean, relatively speaking, of course, but yeah. Paige from yeah. Helmet's kind of a rock star, right? And especially yeah. back then, when in, the, when in the Meantime hit, I mean, that yeah. was it's that huge. was the shit. And it's it, to be, and it was huge. Like, it blew my mind. I was like, how did I land here? You know, like, Wow. It was fun. 
and it, obviously it, it sparked everything that would become who I am next, you know, and start bands. Yeah, well, so what was your first band then? So you're, I mean, you're around all this music. You're watching this erupt. You already love music. You've taken guitar lessons. You play. You see the possibility. What was your first proper band? Uh, proper band. I, I'm going to go to proper because there was a bunch of stuff that just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. And then I moved to New Orleans for a little spell. And when I moved back, I started my first proper band, Ouija Radio. Okay. Which is funny because I didn't know about Ouija Radio, the Ouija um, and our very yeah. first show, there was a bunch of the old DJs that showed up. Oh, like, my God. Did you name your band after Ouija Radio? And I oh was like, God. I was informed that it was the AM station of its time. WDGY yeah. is one of the greatest, I mean, historically, yeah. one of the biggest Minnesota stations of all time. Actually, though, for people who are still listening today, WDGY is the single best oldie station in this market. I listen to them every morning on it's my, my way into work. It's my number one on my presets. Same. 92.1. The problem is that it's same, and they've got a, but they've got a lot of small signals, so you kind of have to yeah. punch around as you drive mm-hmm. around. They have a take on it that is some sort of brilliant combination of girl groups, sunshine pop, deep psych. I, I absolutely yeah. love that station. And there's always like a weird thing where like a dj will come on and actually tell you some old interesting tidbit or a story of uh-huh. how the song came to be or maybe the song before at first and then this oh. song and then once in a while you'll even get a high school football game if you're like <laughs> yeah it's like all of a sudden wait this is a high school football <laughs> what? game yeah. yeah no it, it, it's, it feels <laughs> like crazy. such an old school radio station yeah. it's fantastic like small town almost. although on sunday mornings you know what eight hours of religious programming is plenty yeah, we could eight. we could whittle that down to just a couple. I don't think I've listened to them on Sunday mornings. So I don't know that. I, well, I did only because I was up early one day. And I'm like, oh, what are they up to? I'm like, okay, palms to the sky. It's not for me, but it's for a lot of people. But it just kept going and going and going. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Praise the Lord. But yeah. oof. Um, we're talking to Christy Costello. <laughs> Before we go any further, I would like to hear one of your songs. How do you feel about it? Sure. And what are we doing first? Um, I don't know. We could do... Let's take a look. Um, You had... I have a the what great about di- that one? Great Divide. Well, actually, let's do the cover. We were talking about covers. Okay. So this song, go to I Need You Around, and it was written what? by the Smoking Popes. A little further down. Okay. There you go. Right there. Yeah. And uh, it, a lot of people know it because it was on the Clueless soundtrack in 1994. Oh. It's a oh. Chicago-based punk band of its time. And uh, I just decided that it needed a girl group. Change the key. Girl group it with Monica. Put some of my friends on it. Dave Merriman of The Arrivals plays guitar. We sent tracks over the pandemic. And then I was like, this needs a sax solo or the guitar solo. It'd be kind of no wave. And I know Monica LaPlante plays sax. I'm like, you're playing sax on this. Cowboy, wow. Uh, yeah. I, that's, I mean, like, so uh, I'm a huge fan of Naked Ray Gun out of Chicago, right? Yeah. And there are very few punk bands or pop bands or any bands that know how to properly incorporate saxophone. Yeah. But I love saxophone when it shows up. Yeah, it's fun. So I, I figured we're doing that thing we were talked about, where we talk, talk about covers. Um, let's start with a cover.
right, that's pretty badass. Christy Costello, I need you around, not only because, well, it's a cool song by Smokin' Popes. That's fine. And they're a cool band out of the suburban Chicago area. But you were just telling us while we were listening to it, you did the whole thing. I mean, you cobbled that together. You engineered. You produced. You, you well, and to use your term, you Frankensteined it. I mean, Mm -hmm. as Sean said... Now, some people love to write. Some people love to perform. Some people find studio work, especially on that side of the board, tedious and a, just an absolute grind. Did you love it? I did and didn't. Right. Uh, love, hate, I guess. I mean, I, what else do we do sometimes when you have a kid who's going to school and you can't do anything and you have a pandemic? And mm-hmm. you can't play, and you can't do what you normally do, um, but learn something, hopefully. Well, and but uh, so I love that approach. But a lot of people during the pandemic went the opposite direction. They're yeah. like, "I'm just going to lay here like a log, drink a box of wine." Well, I mean, again, then there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that either. To each their own. But I have to imagine when it comes to you know writing a song and playing an instrument is hard, and doing it with any sort of proficiency to me is beyond what I can imagine. But I also have to imagine that sitting on the other side of the board and putting these things together and listening to them learning software uh you know doing the mix going over it and over it and over it again in your head the learning curve had to be fairly steep yeah 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 i did lean on some of my friends like monica and my friend dave a lot because they knew this already and they were very helpful but there was still most of it was me for hours and hours figuring out what the fuck i did wrong (laughs) (laughs) and if i could get that back (laughs) and then and then and then i got it back or i had to re-record it i've done that but um you know it was a lot of figuring out and i had some time on my hands and uh in that i needed to do something and yes by the way hearing my voice so many times after i got done with the first section of songs i recorded Mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't up yet but um i kind of got I like the beauty of not having to do that because you get in your head about how you sound. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I had a lot of like trials and tribulations about if I was ever going to sing again after that. I really oh. did. Like, I, really, like serious self-doubt. My own stuff. I haven't done anything since this winter recording myself. And I think just a couple of weeks ago, I got to sing with Michael Gay at Palmer's. He made me sing some Loretta Lynn. He's like, you're going to sing. You... <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder how to get myself into this. He's like, you told me it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, Dusty's. Damn it. What did I say? Damn it. But I got up there, and I realized yeah. I could do it. And, uh, you know, once again, when you talked about singing another person's song, I'm like, sometimes you just need to get it out of your own head and sing something else. I think no matter what you do for a living, it's super easy to get in your own head mm-hmm. and question your capability and your yep. range and your your ceiling or... Am, why am I even doing this? I'm an idiot. I hate myself. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody, again, probably even more on the creative end, but no matter what you do for a living, I think everybody goes through those phases. It's just they don't have to relive the moment over and over again. When you're a producer, you're going to listen to that track another 500 times. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. and that's the difference. And so I think sometimes it helps for an artist to be able to step away from themselves because they'll get over-analytical and you know meticulous. And... um as art goes, you can overpaint a painting. Mm-hmm. You you can screw something up, and you sometimes need to step back, and that's a part of the learning process too. For me, that's one of the things that I so I I realized early on I didn't have the diligence or the willpower to be someone to create music, but I always wanted to be close to it, and so my chosen career path has put me astride literally thousands of musicians, right? And because I just I find the I love the product, I find the fat the process fascinating. And what, I, what I've always wondered is, okay, you're meticulous, you care, you're an artist, you can't, you want this to be good. So when you're producing, when do you know when to stop? I mean, like, there are some studio rats I know that would like, they, they literally could spend the next 10 years on a song, right? Mm-hmm. Or at some point you just have to be like, nope, that fucker's done, I'm done, I'm done. How, how do you know? When do you, I mean, what do you do? Do you just, do you hit the wall and be like, fuck, good enough? Or are you like, nope, I hit the spot, here we are. Well, yeah. Um, it's funny because the next song you will play by that I recorded, uh-huh. I ended up making two versions of it because <laughs> I, I started couldn't off, decide. Well, it's stripped one strip down where it was just like a, it was written on the bass kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it went through processes. Right. But once I put the bass line down, I was like, oh, this sounds so much better just as bass. Kind of like I don't know if you know that band ESG. I don't. Um. Hmm. Well, they were. It's it's all females and it's really stripped down drum bass kind of dancey. I want to say like 1980. Anyway, 
uh, and it, they have this sound that's very oh, simple. Oh, emerald, sapphire, and gold. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what okay. it is. Yeah. I just had to look it up. No, they're from the Bronx. I mean, a uh, little bit of disco, a little bit of hip-hop, a yeah. little bit of funk. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why there's two versions of the next song, because I had guitar over it, but then when I pulled it back, I was like, oh, it sounds kind of dancey, kind of like in the ESG vein. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like one, I didn't want to get rid of that one, but it was like this doesn't need all this, you know? So I kind of made two co- versions of it just because, but I think in a way you can easily go over. And I, th- I feel like I did a little bit, you know, you less, you learn a lesson. Um, you can't, I don't want to go back. I mean, these, these songs on my band camp are kind of demos because I recorded them myself I mean, and that's how, but I'm proud of them. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're your songs, but then you're also getting better at producing yeah. and engineering. And every time you do it, the process will become simpler. And I mean, experience yeah. is everything, right? Yeah. Like when we started doing this podcast, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know a fuck, what a fuck podcast. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now here we are, 172 episodes in talking to Chrissy Costello. Before we hear any more of your music and yeah. find out more about what the near future looks like for you, we do have to mention our other sponsors like Palmer's Bar. Palmer's. Now, Palmer's is on the West Bank, and Palmer's back in the day, you know, it was, it was, it it was, um, well, how would you say, if you were a bar fly, it was an excellent place to spend the day, to while away the day. It's changed quite a bit then since then. A mutual friend of all of us here, I know you're good pals with Tony Zaccardi, as we are as well. Yes. Um, He got that bar, and then, of course, the pandemic hit, Mm. and I'm like, I love Tony so much, and I just, I was like, God, please let him survive, and somehow, he survived, which is fantastic, because now, Palmer's is not only back, but has sort of a dizzying lineup of shows and giant things coming up, so when you go to palmersbar.net, you can see all the stuff that's on the way. Let me ask you a question, Christy. I know that you are not afraid of punk rock. You do not shy away in the face of of rock majesty or potentially offensive. I imagine that if I found myself at a G.G. Allen show back in the day, I could look over and see you over on the other end of the stage. Wow, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Running. So, Well, coming up... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> standing right there waiting. Just standing and waiting. I just want to, you know... Yeah, no, no. You you always got to be ready to dodge. He beats yeah. you right. Yeah, no. But the reason I mention that is there's a band coming up on July 23rd who uh, has what I would argue is the most confrontational but still the most excellent band name in the Twin Cities, and that would be Gay Witch Abortion. Yeah. I mean, every single word, there's somebody who is going to find every one of those offensive. Yeah, so when uh, I booked the Hexagon in 2006, mm-hmm. I, when they became, when when they were becoming them, right. I think it was, maybe it was st- statues, but I remember Brian, maybe, I, said, I did the Hexagon for a while. I was in yeah. Brian, my friend Brian was booking the Hexagon. I don't know, we had a good hookup. Ryan O'Rourke was at Turf. We all got together and we we're like, everybody, we're picked to click. We all have to vote for gay witch abortion. Yeah, they need. We need to see their name in print <laughs> on the cover of the city pages. Yeah. It's they, such a good name. Yeah, it's great. And they're a great band. Yes, um, they're so good, and they're, they're deep. They're they're dear friends of mine, and mm-hmm. we had to reschedule their like show from a while back and put it back on to this date that's coming up. Um, but yeah, it's. Is definitely they're definitely their their name fits their music too. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> uh, you know the word painting is there, and it's such a great word painting. However, they didn't get the cover of the city pages. They got number two, and I almost wonder if they are actually number one that year. Oh, and they well, just I'm sure were like, they were. I mean, as edgy as CP like might like, want to imagine that it was at the time. Yeah, gay witch abortion, even for an edgy downtown paper, still a little much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might be right about that. I mean, they got number two, and we were all like, come on, that can't be. <laughs> and who, who, do you remember who got number one? one that, yeah, yeah no, well. Too many years here's ago. Here's the now. point July 23rd is a Friday night, 8 30 to 9 30, Gay Witch Abortion, and special guest Doug are going to be there looking at some of the other things coming up. The following night, a Saturday from 6 to 10, Gimme the Night, an evening of Yacht Rock. Oh, man. Shane Kramer, Private Oats are going to be there. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up. So thanks to Palmer's for jumping on board with the podcast here. Uh, Palmer'sBar.net for a full rundown of everything that's coming up over the next few weeks and months. And there is a ton on the way, an actual landslide of live music, which is cool. So music's open back up. Everything's open back up. Also, I should mention that Sean Bernard, sitting right over there, just turned 50. 
I did. Oof. Happy birthday. Thank you. Do you need help onto your car when we're done? I do. (laughs) I'll try to find someone to help you. Um, Wow, that's really... In addition to all the kind work you do here on the Brian Oak Show. Is that what happens when you turn 50? You need help? Immediately. Oh, why do you think we have a futon in here? It's only five years. I'm not going to... Oh, well, I'm I'm past it. It's already well... It's so far in the rearview mirror for me that I can't see it anymore, Christy. That was funny until it wasn't. You said you weren't uh, going to cry today. No, I haven't yet. But the show's <laughs> not over yet either, is it? Sean Bernard, you are a realtor for Edina Realty. Tell me what's going on there. Uh, it's crazy. Things are kind of picking up as far as listings go. We, we've we been in such a seller's market, and it's slowed a little bit. But people, I think, must have finally realized, oh, I could actually sell my place and buy another one. So it's 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 not a balanced market. But there's hope that it may become a balanced market, which is what I would want. I'm actually helping sell sell my aunt's place right now. She's moving to Asheville, North Carolina to be near my cousin, her daughter. A great band out of Asheville called, uh, it's Pierce Edens is the name of the artist. But Mm -hmm. you got to check them out sometime. But anyway, and speaking of artists, uh, this year, uh, whether you're on the buy side or sell side, I'm donating a portion of every sale to a local artist or musician. So uh, you get to choose if you're on the buy side or sell side. Here's who I want you to donate the money to. And then we send that along and, you know, helps local artists. So it's all good. 612-859-2594. So I'm, I mean, obviously right now is a great time to sell. You're going to make more than you've ever made before on your property. It's just, you know, it's not impossible, but a little more challenging to find a place to land. It's a little more challenging. And, you know, I always say to people, you don't have to say yes you know, you don't right. have to go bid over. And, and the but if people t- even want to just explore the possibility, they can call you and find out more. Yeah. If I were to ask you what you thought the average time on market was right now, what would you think it was? Um, I know things are hot, but I know that inventory is low. So I'm going to say four days. It's like 25 days. Really? So that's the misconception. Really? The media, yeah. The media all makes it look like every house is selling in three days. And it's just not true. Okay. So, all right. So just don't listen to the media. Except for me right now on the media. <laughs> this is different than the media. Yeah. So anyway, call me when you can. All or right. text, whatever you want. Very good. Christy Costello is our guest. So Christy, you moved to the big city, right? And you falling with the right crowd. You're making rock music. You are living the rock and roll dream, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> but then you need to expand. You need to do other things. At what point do you start working with local venues to book other bands and make the city more interesting and at least more musical than it otherwise might be? Well, my first experience booking anything, doing events. And I, I booked a couple events, um, fun things, just Make it more fun. We d- did a couple of proms at the per- Turf Club. You don't say. In oh, the I remember 90s, those. Night of the Living proms. Yeah. Those are me. Wow. Well, well done. So it just that was my taste. And then I did, um, when the Hexagon started doing stuff, I think it was like 2003. I mean, Transmission was at Hexagon then. Hexagon was- <laughs> Hard to imagine, uh, right? I know, right, right? He's gone to selling out the First Avenue main room. Yeah, yeah. But I remember I, he had me fill in one night and I was terrible. <laughs> That's true. I don't believe you. <laughs> That's true. I didn't. So Jake Root is really good at keeping the room moving and keeping the dancing going. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to play a bunch of weird, icy yeah. synthesizer, bizarro stuff. And yeah, yeah no, I was. Terrible. I think that's why he's never asked me to. He's like, yeah. you like weird stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I was. I, would I do actually, the same thing. I actually was terrible. So, but you're at the Hexagon. <laughs> I mean, again, we're talking almost 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing booking and that sort of thing, moving and shaking, really ever since, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess I would I would say I really started going full swing when I started at Statues. I mean, that was I was doing events. I did events at the Hexagon a lot. Where I did one even called Mini Mini Mad, where it was Minneapolis meets Madison, and it would be a yearly thing that I'd bring a bunch of you know just we're going like to share a little this cultural yeah. exchange, kind and then we do the same show in Madison. Would do like it was like six or seven bands, right? And we started expanding it to Mini Motor all the way to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And having bands in between, and wow. it'd be like night in Madison, night in, and everybody go to Detroit, and then everybody come to Minneapolis. But it was all the same bands playing with a little spicy add one here, take one there for each town. But it's a really good way to start bringing the touring bands or you know our little pipeline of the Midwest together. When that's really all you had was when you start is your DIYness about you. You know how are you going to expand yourself? You got to start touring. You can't stay in your town, especially in the Midwest, where we don't yeah. have the easy access to big cities uh-huh. up and down the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
from there, I ended up taking over. A friend asked me who owned statues at the time if I wanted to help make his place the uptown of Northeast Minneapolis. And right this on. was in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I booked statues for about three years. At the same time, I would pick up the hexagon um, and do both of them for a minute. And then the 501, booked the 501. And then I ended up booking the Turf Club. And uh, I think the hexagon was where I stopped. It was my last. I had a kid in 2013. Right. And then I stopped. Because, you know. Well, because, I mean, yeah. you're having a kid, right? And, and so, I mean, life changes. There wasn't ever any money in it either. Of I mean, course not. So I had to no, figure I mean, out other things. But it was still important to you. It mattered because you yeah. cared, because you like to rock. You like these the town that we live in. I mean, there's not really any real money in doing a podcast, but having everybody yeah. in to tell the stories of the place we live in, whether they're old stories, whether they're the current story, this is where we live. This is our home. It matters. It's fucking important. Yeah. And we have a catalog online now of all these podcasts with phenomenal interviews and hearing stories about people like you. I mean, like that's what the idea was. And when I sat down with Brian, I said, you're going to have something to look back on. Even if we just do a hundred episodes, who would have thought we'd be at 172? But we, I can't believe how many different artists and musicians we've had in here telling their story and a rabbi. We did have a rabbi. That's awesome. We've <laughs> also had entrepreneurs yeah. and we've had chefs and all kinds of different people on. But largely this is about music and the way music has woven through. And, you know, I, it's weird. So my other job, one of my other jobs is working at a record store, right? And so it's amazing to watch how much good music is coming out all the time. And I find that as we get older, right, there are people who maybe aren't quite as wedded to the scene or wedded to music like they once were go man remember when music was good and i'm like that's one of the laziest shitty shittiest things i've ever heard anybody say because there's always amazing music Mm -hmm. going on and i feel that way about the twin cities yes there were the halcyon days of the 80s right where like everyone just idolized them because some truly incredible things were happening but if you look back and look back at the 90s go back to the 70s but look at the you know for people our age go back or my age uh go back to the 90s go back through the 2000s go through the 2010s look at it freaking today there are incredible bands uh-huh. this has always been one of the richest most incredible landing spots and i feel like it's that way everywhere seattle's still fucking cool you know i georgia you know i mean athens is still fucking cool there are good yeah. bands everywhere it's a matter of going out it's a matter of doing your homework it's a matter of paying attention maybe it ebbs and flows you don't have to love everybody but it's so easy to get lazy if you don't stay engaged yeah you have to tap in i you do and and, and i mean for me a lot of it was getting out of minneapolis and touring in a band and sleeping on couches for years and years and years it did lead me to many different roads. I mean, hmm. it, my band somehow did well in Detroit all the time. Ouija Radio did. Great. Probably sometimes better than Minneapolis. Isn't that for a funny? While. That, yeah. That's one of the oddest things of of all time with mm-hmm. bands that you'll or you'll meet somebody and let's say uh, a friend of mine's band was really big in Italy. <laughs> like, yeah. why Italy? He's and like, the, the I don't fact know. They could we get just there, were. You know, their music got there. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And there's always that was my like take on it. Even when I toured, like I could be in some town in Missouri. You know, and know that there's probably an underbelly here and there's probably mm-hmm. people like me here. I just got to find them, you know, and that and touring there was it, it's important. You know, you get especially colleges. <laughs> it keeps you being able to tour. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it, you have to But doing it for a few years was it broke me. I mean, I, I maxed out every credit card there was, yeah. you know, and but it changed my life. And it was really helpful when it came to booking because I ended up meeting enough people and contacts to help get those bands in contact with the, what would what they needed to do that was like what I did for themselves. And um, years later down the road, I ended up getting a publicist and getting a booking agent. And then those things led me to being in a band that uh, the Von Bondies. You know, mm. I came that came from being getting out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that. So I mean, here I am again booking, which. You know, uh, Jaysha came at me from Mortimer's. He owns Dusty's. And yeah. I was already bartending there once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, come on, come on. <laughs> so I got know. my first ever DJ gig from you. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, it was great. It, we did Monday nights. I love Monday nights. You, yeah. You got to make those. And you and you helped me because, you know, those are the slow nights when it yeah. comes to a venue. And it, we needed to bring something to those nights to keep it afloat. And 
Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, Sean, this may come as a surprise, but I did bring a little juice to Monday nights. I mean, when I'm on the ones and twos. Sorry about that. Before we find out. You guys, this is where every once in a while I wish we had a video camera in here. Just because Brian looking at me while he's doing it. Maybe one of the more disturbing things that I've oh. experienced in quite a while. I feel like Headphones you, on one right. ear, leaning his, over. Oh, wait, no, I got to do it this yeah, way. Yeah, no, I'm, his opening Other way around, song. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it tuned up, working Mixing that fader, with, baby. Was mm. it Planet of the Apes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were like, dun, dun. I don't know, with Mozart? I can't remember Beethoven? I don't remember. What it was oh. Empire Strikes Back. Was it Empire Strikes it was. Back? It was. I know, I, I was like. It was the Imperial Death March. Space I, I, oh, you know what? Also, Sprock Zarathustra. I also used oh, that one time as well. Man, I bet you did. Anyway, <laughs> I know we could talk like this forever, and what a fascinating story. <laughs> Before I find out what your immediate future looks like, what your summer looks like, and what you're up to these days, I want to hear another song. I hate going too long without sure. a little music, so... Remind me again, this is one of those songs where you're like, well, I have a version, yeah, but I want to do this other version. So it's called The Great Divide. Um, obviously, a lot of us split. I mean, there's been a lot of divide. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can't deny it. And a lot of us have it in amongst our, our, our closest family members. And Evelyn. Yeah. And I've, I mean, <laughs> I've felt it personally, and I wrote this song about it. But um, I do have a fun, ver- the funner, the more ESG version i want to play is more bass okay than guitar Where do there we are find two versions. let's have a little fun yeah so yeah. this one down here yeah that's no it. We, okay. we got it up right here right that, yeah i think that's it this is the one here we go the b-side
Great Divide by the great Christy Costello, who joins us right now in the Smart Start MN studio for episode 172 of the Brian Oak Show. Christy, so again, I don't want to do an ultra fast forward. We don't have a ton of time left. Give me a list of the bands that people have heard of that you have been in <laughs> over the last 15, 20 years. Okay. Um, Ouija Radio. Right. Did yep. that. The Bomb Bondies. Pink Mink. Mm-hmm. Butcher's Union. Butcher's Union. Butcher's Union is uh, something of a super group, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's funny because Sean Walker, who was, I first started Ouija Radio and back in the late 90s, is now the drummer of Butcher's Union. He's in Gay Witch Abortion as well. Right. Um, and then you have my friend Scott Frisch. Uh, he was in a band, United Teachers of Music. And then also he came... Um, from a band from Madison that was on the same label as Ouija Radio. That's how we became friends. Mm-hmm. Crustacean Records. He was on a band, a band called in a band called Things Fall Apart. Um, and then there's Patty and Billy of Dillinger Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was doing my uh, my best day drinking, uh, that's how I got to know both Billy and Scott. Uh, Scott worked <laughs> over in that end of town and. Yep. Billy was my guy. Billy was my hookup. He's been on this show more than a few times. And um, uh, I got to know Scott and them and then finally came out to see Butcher's Union. And Butcher's Union shreds. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen you play and have you not break a string. You like to rock, don't you? Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> That's great. That's cool, though. I mean, yeah. yay, good. You're supposed to get into it. You're supposed yeah. to feel it, right? Definitely. I mean, you, when you get up and you're a band like Butcher's Union, it should never just be perfunctory. You should never just be humping through the song. You want to rock. Yeah. Do you still get that feeling? Do you yeah. still get that excitement? Butcher's Union does that for me. It, well, yeah. I Most mean, bands I'm in actually do that for me. Monica does that for me, too. Yeah. It's it's a different... It, they all feel different, but they feel that... It, and... um. Yeah, I guess there's an ele- that element of danger is still in all the bands mm. I play in. I like that element a lot. So you put that music out that we listened to the last two songs. Where do people find it? On Bandcamp? Bandcamp. And under Christy, Christy Costello. Costello. Yes. Spelled like it sounds. Before we wrap things up completely, you were just talking about something while we were listening to your song that I feel is crucial. We are coming out of a pandemic, and it wasn't like it was great before the pandemic, but now it's worse for everybody. And Sean and I, every artist we've had on this show, we advocate, go buy their music on Bandcamp, go to their website, and buy the fucking merch. We wanted to tell people to go to shows because that's how bands actually get paid. Yes. Maybe. But you were just talking about how that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes a band will clear their night, go get everything set up, get their hours early, do their sound check. Pay a babysitter. Yes. Pay a babysitter. Take work off. All of it. And then they show up and the band gets paid nothing or essentially nothing, right? To split amongst the members of the band. It, it, which, I mean, so what? We each get $8 yeah. for all this work. What do we do? I mean, like, so I so one of the things that I said is coming out of the pandemic, now that all this stuff's opening up, right? Yeah. And people are getting back out there and people are so excited. We should be excited. You don't have to break the bank but don't call up your connection and say, hey, man, can you throw me on the guest yes. list? Unless it's ne- absolutely necessary. I mean, I, I I know we've all played that card, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, but I mean, I mean it's, it's different kind of now, cool, right? It, it was cool to get on the guest list almost at one point. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. but, for sure. Um, Trust me, once we get comfortable again, I'm going yeah. back on the fucking guest <laughs> list. Let's have a good conversation. Shows in the 70s and 80s were five bucks. Yeah. Okay. And we, people made, what, 275 an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would go and pay more an hour to see and support their friends who played live music that because we have production costs. If you want to record, it costs, you want to practice, you have a practice space cost, just all the stuff strings. It all adds up. And, um, we get streamed for free now. And also nobody won't like a lot of people. I know they don't collect records or CDs anymore because they have streaming platforms, but nobody realizes how little an artist makes from the streaming platforms. I mean, Bandcamp does one month, once a month Friday that they, they waive all their streaming. And that's the closest that we've had for any sort of charity from anybody. But right. if you do Spotify, you get nothing. I know this because I'm in the Von Bondies and I've seen some of the numbers mm-hmm. for some of the songs that are played by the, by the millions. Right. And we have no way of like getting any sort of, any way to liquid, you know, any anything to put in for our productions. And Money. Money and there's nothing. I don't think there's anything dirty or wrong no. about that. Yeah. Instruments cost money, like you said. Production costs money. Babysitters cost money. Practice spaces cost yeah. money. Taking off work costs money. So, so yep. let me ask you this then. So when it comes to 
a mid-level band or an emerging band, right? They're not going to get rich, but no one's doing it to get rich at that no. point, right? Maybe someday. So what is, from a fan's perspective, a listener's perspective, the best way to make sure that as much of that dollar you're spending gets into the pocket of the artist? Is it through buying merch at a show? Is it through doing that free day on Bandcamp? Yes. What is the best way? Those are good ways. Uh, actually, merch is a great way. But right now, I don't think we should go back to shows under $15. Agreed. And I mean, if you if you're if you're chomping at the bits to just get started and you want to go less than that, that's up to you, but I feel like the minimum wage is now going to $15 mm-hmm. an hour in the mm-hmm. state. We've always paid more than the minimum wage to go to a show. So, I mean, 1 hour's wage for a night of rocking sounds pick, really reasonable to me. Pick your nights, pick your shows and uh-huh. and that and like right now I for one I've been book, booking for a really long time and I'm actually able to give musicians money for the first time ever and that's over 20 years of booking oh God. and I'm, crazy. I don't want to go back. I don't know. And I don't want musicians to go back and I, I don't want to feel like the people, I don't want the people to feel like they're getting ripped off, but I mean, we have to figure out how to sustain too. And art in the art world and I art mean, matters. I mean, you yeah. should pay for art. You're not going to go somewhere and get a painting for free. You're not going to go somewhere and get a sculpture for free. Yeah. You're not going to go see an amazing dance performance for free. So pay for fucking art, yeah. especially if you love them. Go thank, out and buy their T-shirts. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. This is a really good thing to talk about because I've had a lot of people ask, you know, do you think it's going to last? Um, do you what do you think you think this is realistic? I do. I really do. Right now, it's it's it shouldn't go back. It should always maintain whatever you know where the currency is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I'm an old guy, but I've always collected records, right? Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is a record. And, you know, you buy a used one for four bucks, that's fine. They already got their money the first time, and the label took it all anyways. But these new records that are coming out on small labels or often independently released, it might be $27. But if it's a band I love, for instance, I have one right here by a great artist named Matthew Deere, 27 bucks, I bought it because I feel like I want to support that artist. And we, we haven't had shows for so long, but... Every show I've gone to where I love them, because I used to, you know, being radio guy, I was always on the list. So I would feel terribly conspicuous if I left without buying something from the merchandise table, which is why I have too many fucking rock t-shirts in my closet <laughs> no, at home. That's great. But, no, but, but, <laughs> I mean, but that's worth the a lot of money. Do the right places. thing. Well, except I wear them out and I don't think anybody wants that's them. A, like my Pixies t-shirt with the ripped surprised. out armpits. You'd be surprised. Actually, my, my daughter <laughs> online all the time buying yeah. those yeah, things yeah. for some of her favorite bands. I Are, get online and buy all those things. <laughs> we have to wrap it up. What are you looking forward to most this summer? Um, Palm Fest is coming up. I'm so looking forward to it. And that's going to be at Palmer's. And what's what's it all about? Um, well, it's three days of music. Life. Obviously, there's a show, five shows all together, starting on Friday night and go to Sunday night. Okay. And every year they do Palm Fest. I had to do it a little different this year because there's still capacity and there's, mm-hmm. you know, it's gotten a lot bigger since everything. But um, so we have matinee shows, we have night shows, really good stuff, and I, I really made it diverse as I, I could throughout the weekend. Um, so you just go online, check it out, palmersbar.net. You can buy a pass for all five. Plus, there's some pretty good dance parties. We've got a Friday night. I'm in love with Shane Kramer on Friday mm-hmm. post show. And then we got Hot Pants, second hot show. Pants. So you go to the shows <laughs> and you can hang out and, you know, dance to some dusties. Yeah. As I like to call them. Dance the night away. <laughs> yeah, dance to those old records. Well, dusties. I mean, you know, it's fun for someone like me to be able to do it like a night of spinning, but... There, when a real DJ is in there and like knows how to keep the flow going yeah. and knows how to make your night Nothing proper, better. there's I mean it's one of the best things ever. Yeah, and if you're just hanging out already, I mean, I've seen a, one thing happen since the pandemic, and there's a shift on the West Bank. It's a really there's an I don't know epicenter of culture there, mm-hmm. and it's just exploding, and it needs this. Yeah, it's a great place to go dance to a DJ. It's a great place to see live music. You can feel that when you're at Palmer's. Well, and over the course of the pandemic, we lost so many places that are yeah. gone forever. Uh, one of my very favorites, Muddy's. Uh, you know, I mean, not that, that was your dance place, but they played music. They had fun. They yeah. they were a vital part of this. I don't want any more of these places to go away. Nope. And so I want people to support them, which is why I'm glad Palmer's is on board here with the podcast, palmersbar.net. I also want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank the good people at Forgotten Star Brewery, mm-hmm. which you're going to be playing at when? September 17th. September 17th. Mark it on your calendars. Go out. Get some rock action under your belt. Bring your dog. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought we had a thing. I thought you said no dogs. No, wait, no, no we, you can bring get dogs. Your dog, so just... Get your dog license and yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just but not like 10 Not mastiffs. six of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Imagine if you came rolling up on that place with 10 Mastiffs. Just then like, you would steal the show. Yeah, don't do that on Christie's night, all right? But thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to all of our Patreon members. Don't forget this coming Tuesday, the 20th, we are going to be hanging out where? We're going to be at Beast Barbecue in Nord- Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, we've got Katie Vernon and Courtney Yasmine, who are mm. both performing over there. And uh, you are invited if you're a listener of this show. Uh, the If you're a Patreon supporter a Patreon of this show. Supporter, or you've been on this show. And if you've been on this show. If but you're that's just everybody. a listener. Well, no, that's not everybody. If you're just a listener. Um, just a listener. Which we love and appreciate. You could become a Patreon member because we are finally, after all of our big promises of a year of COVID, we're going to get back to doing this at least once every six weeks. We'll have a show that only Patreon members are invited to. You don't pay a damn dime, but you show up and enjoy some music. And it's our way of saying thank you for being supporters of The Brian Oak Show. All right, we got to call it right now. Um, Christy, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I hope everything goes well this summer. and, um, And good luck with everything. I know that you'll be working very soon with our friends at Palmer's. And um, Dusty's coming back yeah, online we too. We are going to start live music post uh, Labor Day, post all the summer shindigs. You know when awesome. We want to compete against. The when's state the fair. very <laughs> next time? When's the very next time you get to go out and melt faces and rock? I am melting faces at Palm Fest. Okay, uh, Friday night with Cat Bath. Oh yeah, with Monica yeah. playing the bass, uh-huh. and then my friend Little Dave Merriman of the Ar- Chicago group The Arrivals is playing a solo set, and he's also oh. said it's going to be comedic so wow i'm looking forward to seeing what that means <laughs> you'll laugh you'll cry you'll have a, the time yeah, of your life it'll be wonderful palmersbar.net is where you find out more information we got one last song yes. that you picked out and yeah. what are we gonna hear amel and the sniffers i'm not a loser it just you know it's like my theme song lately <laughs> <laughs> amel and the sniffers that's gonna do it for the brian oak show sean thank you christy thank you very much